Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning, turn to John chapter 8. We will get there in just a moment. We're talking today about what would Jesus say. And in John chapter 8, you'll find uh, the story of Jesus being in Jerusalem. He's beginning to teach about who he is. You can read that in John chapter 7. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, looking for a reason or a way to use the law of Moses against Jesus so they could actually kill him, brought before him a woman taken in the very act of adultery. The Bible says they said to Jesus, the law of Moses says she should be stoned. But what do you say? Trying to entrap him, trying to catch him, trying to say he isn't living according to the law or enforcing the law of Moses. The Bible says that Jesus bent down and began writing in the dirt. No idea what he wrote, but he wrote for quite some time. And then he stood up and said, who among you that's without sin? Let him cast the first stone. And then he stooped back down and began writing again. The Bible says that from the oldest to the last, they dropped their stones and they departed. And when everyone was gone, Jesus said to them, to the woman, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. In that picture, we see how Jesus desires to relate to sin-sick people and sin-sick societies. It's not with condemnation, it's not with judgment, but it's with grace and mercy and forgiveness that he offers to every single person. No matter who you are, where you're at, what you're going through, how you're living, there is an answer in Jesus Christ for your dilemmas. Regardless of how upset you may be, how depressed you may become, how hopeless life may feel, there is an answer in Jesus Christ. And he didn't come to condemn you. He came to give you a way out of the circumstance that you're living in. He didn't condemn the woman that day, but he offered her hope. He offered her a better way of life. And he said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I'm absolutely convinced that in our society, we would hear him say the same things to those who are caught and bound in the cycles and in the traps and the chains of sin and darkness. We look around us and we know that our culture has been absolutely invaded by darkness. Our world has been driven by darkness. Our world is dominated by deceit. I don't have time today to get into it, but please write this down, make a note, and then go back and read it. Read Romans chapter 1. Verses 18 through 31, theologians call it the ladder of depravity. And Paul clearly illustrates what happens when we as a human being choose to turn away from the truth of God and God's laws and embrace the notion that we're all that and something else. He even goes on to say they exchange the truth of God for a lie. They worship the creature more than the creator. And God gave them over to a debased mind. It's a powerful passage of Scripture that helps us to see we come to the point where all we need is Jesus, but all we reject is Jesus. We're living in that culture even yet today. 
We're living in a culture that believes God makes mistakes at birth. That thinks if I was born a boy, I should have been a girl or vice versa. May I tell you this morning, God doesn't make mistakes. He made you exactly as he intended you to be. It's the level of deception, the level of darkness, the level of deceit that has entered our world that causes people to think I'm not who I should be. Interesting survey was done in 2017, and it showed us that among baby boomers, which is my generation, 0.27% of baby boomers identified as LBGTQ. And then you jump ahead a few years to the millennials, which is some of your generation, ages 27 to 42, and 11.2% identified as LBGTQ. And then you jump ahead to Gen Z, which is ages 11 through 26, and 20% of those identify in that way. And we realize that we see that there is a deep, dark deception creeping into the heart and the mind of people. And it's starting at a very, very early age. Some would even argue today that a three-year-old knows what they ought to be. A three-year-old can't even wipe himself. Come on, folks. Give it a break. It's time to grow up and recognize it's, it's absolutely deception and deceit that is filling our land. We're living in, a, in, an, age, in an age when if a man can't compete in sporting events... Then he says, I'm going to be a woman so he can win a medal. That's sick. I don't care who you are. We're living in a day and in an age when people throw a hissy fit and have a meltdown if you don't use the proper pronouns, but the same people stand and applaud and cheer at tearing babies apart limb from limb in the womb. An age of great deception. An age of great darkness. Do you realize that those who identify as transgender, those who have even walked through the process of reconstructing their physical body, 82% of them have said they've contemplated suicide. 40% have actually attempted suicide. The suicide rate between that community and a peer group of the same age is three and a half times higher. Why is that? Because the answer to the need in the human heart is not found in a physical form. You'll never discover it by changing body parts. It's only found in Jesus Christ. Knowing that he loves you, he cares for you. He's provided a way out of that cycle of destruction. When we look at this, we realize that not only has it affected much of our culture, it's affected the church as well. Pew Research did a study in 2021, and it said that many Christians believe in reincarnation. Did you hear me? Christians believe in reincarnation, astrology, psychics, that knowledge will bring enlightenment, and enlightenment makes us gods. It's not a new thing. It happened in the New Testament as well. It's called Gnosticism. Gnostic is a Greek word for knowledge. And the Gnostics taught that really the blood of Jesus isn't necessary. All you need is enlightenment. Gain more knowledge and you'll become like God himself. Paul, Titus, Jude, Peter, John all wrote exposing this false belief. 
Self-awareness will never bring you to a God-awareness. Somebody needs to write that down and remember it. Self-awareness will never bring you to a God-awareness. Only the revelation of Jesus Christ by His Holy Spirit will bring you to God-awareness. And if all you're focusing on is me and mine and self-awareness and self-exaltation, you will never find the living God. Because you're looking in the wrong place, the wrong direction. That has kind of changed now in the 21st century church. We don't talk about it in those terms, although the false teaching is still in the church. Today we say, if you'll think positive thoughts and say positive things, your life will become positive. Doesn't work that way, friend. The Bible says, be you not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, it's when our mind is changed and our spirit is changed that God does a work in us. We've been told for so long, you can live your best life now. Not in yourself, you can't. It only comes by the Spirit of God living and dwelling in you. And you can go to every seminar. You can follow every preacher, teacher. You can listen to webinars. You can get online and search the internet. But until you search and find the living God, you will never be satisfied. And then at some point you'll say, well, I guess this didn't work. And you turn and walk back the way you came. John talked about it in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. He said, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Tom, would you come? We're going to sing this song here in just a second. This song says, Word of God, speak. I want you to hear it. I want you to get into your spirit. Because what we need today is to hear Jesus speak into our lives. Hear his words that transform and change. The Apostle Paul wrote about it in 1 Timothy chapter, or excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. He said, you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult to the people of God. Did you hear what I just said, what the Word just said? In the last days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult to the people of God. Friend, I want you to know today, we have an enemy. His name is Satan. His desire is your destruction. But the greater one lives in you, and his name is Jesus. He said in verse 2, people will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. They'll boast of the great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They'll ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and unholy. They'll become addicted to hateful, malicious slander, slaves to their desires. They'll be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right with brutal treachery. They'll act without restraint, bigoted, wrapped up in clouds of their conceit. They'll find their delight in the pleasures of the world more than the pleasures of God. They may pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Those words should sober us because those words are being played out in the church universal today. People who claim to live under the banner of Jesus Christ are doing the exact things that Paul foretells in this passage. And in a society like this, 
In a culture like this, what would Jesus say? I think you'll find his expression, his thought. In John chapter 8, verse 12, where he said, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. When darkness is pervasive, we need the light of the world. We need Jesus to shine through our lives to touch those around us. Come on, Tom, begin to sing it. Word of God, speak. You can sit, you can stand, I don't care, but I want you to focus right now upon Jesus Christ and let him begin speaking in your heart and in your life today, in your living room, in your car, begin focusing on him and let him speak into your life today. Word of God, speak. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say this word of God speak Would you pour it out like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise. All that I need is to be with you, and in the quiet, I hear your voice, a word of God speak. You pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty. Be still and know that you're in this place. watching and listening today and those that will in the future that we would drown out the voices of our culture the voices of decision voices of destruction and we would hear clearly the voice of Jesus Christ because today he is still saying I am the light of the world he who follows me will not walk in darkness 
but have the light of life. You may be seated. Father, let your word speak in this room today. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He's declaring it for all mankind to know. There is no reason you have to live in darkness or deceit. There is a way out, and that way out is through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Psalm 19, verse 130, the psalmist wrote it this way. The entrance of your word brings light. The entrance of your word, who is the word? The word is Jesus Christ. We talked about that last week. And when he comes into our heart and into our lives, the light that he shines in us brings transformation and change. His declaration that he is the light of the world serves notice on Satan and the kingdom of darkness. Your time is limited. You will be extinguished. You are already overcome. You see, light always dispels darkness. Darkness cannot abide. Darkness can't stay away where light is at. It has to flee. It has to leave. And we know that his light as believers has shined in our hearts. We're now reflections of the light of the world. That's what Jesus teaches us. Jesus lives in us. And he causes any darkness in us to dissipate, to flee, to be gone. It's swallowed up in light. That's what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For it's the God who commandeth light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you hear it? He said, his light has shown in your hearts. The light of Jesus is a part of you. In John 1, verses 4 and 5, John wrote, In him was life. The life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. I like the way the message translates verse 5. The life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. The darkness will try, but the darkness cannot extinguish the light of Jesus Christ. When the light of the world shines, darkness can't conquer it. Darkness can't extinguish it. Darkness can't put it out. Darkness can't drive it away. When the light of the world begins to shine, rather the effect is the reverse. Darkness must flee. Darkness is driven away. The plans of Satan are frustrated and in failure when the light begins to shine. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. I want to share two things very quickly with you, then we'll be out of here today. Number one, because he is the light of the world, he guides us. His light guides us. And I'm talking to believers today. His light brings illumination. His light brings direction. He guides us. In a world filled with deception, hostility, anger, the inability to see the truth, the light of the world exposes truth. We live in a day and an age when truth is now relative. It's no longer absolute in the minds of many. They believe my truth is my truth, your truth is your truth, and you've got to be okay with that. It's not me that needs to be okay with that. It's those who believe it. Because those who believe that are living in darkness and deception because their truth is not absolute. 
You see, there is still absolute truth in the world today. We hold it up as the word of the living God. We believe it's still the standard of faith and conduct for you and I, not only as believers, but for the world in general. But when darkness pervades, our eyes are blinded to the absolute truth of God's word. And we fail to see and know what he wants to do in us and through us. Jesus' light guides us as believers. We, we allow him, and he does, illuminate our surroundings. How often have I told you in the last years that faith is not seeing a hundred years from now. Faith is seeing the next step. And as you take the next step, the light grows. And the next step, the light grows. That's a problem for a lot of us as believers because we want to know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. Looked around this morning, and there's a lot of folks that think they know a hurricane's coming, so they decided this morning to get ready rather than to come to church. Just being truthful. Got to prepare, right? There's something greater than a hurricane we have to prepare for. And that's the life of Jesus Christ, and knowing that He's living with us and guiding us and directing us every step of the way. His light illuminates our surroundings. His light illuminates our relationships. His light illuminates our daily steps. Oh, friend, listen. When the light of Jesus begins to shine in you, there are some relationships He's going to demand that you cut out of your life. Relationships that are ungodly and unholy. Relationships that bring entanglements and chains into your life. And he's going to say to you, that need not be there. There is a better way to live. And you discover that through his light. I'm talking to people today, not only in this room, but around uh, the U.S. and around the world, people who have absolutely been entangled and snared because of darkness. And you're still suffering the consequences and the results of the darkness that you lived in. Well, I've got news for you today. He may not relieve every consequence. He may not uh, cause you to escape every result, but he will give you peace in your storm. He will give you assurance where you're at. He will know, let you know that he loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for your life, and he does have a better day for you. Stop focusing on yourself and let the light shine clearly in and through your life. Jesus illuminates our spiritual path. He lets us see how the Word affects our life, and He guides us through the complexities and the challenges of life. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my pathway. He guides us. He also reveals truth to us. In a world filled with deception, filled with darkness, with the inability to see the truth, He brings us into all truth. He said in John chapter 14, verse 6, another I am statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We're going to follow up on that next week when we talk about the fact that he's the door. There are not many roads to heaven, folks. There are not many avenues to God. There's one, and that is through the man, Jesus Christ. There are no other ways. Well, that's not popular. Seldom is the word of God popular to a darkened culture. But it's up to you and I as believers to stand firm and believe he reveals truth. It's interesting, I was reading this last week. There's a new China virus variant coming out. You know that, right? 
Previously, they've named them all for the letters of the Greek alphabet, but this one is different. This one they've named Ares, A-I-R-E-S. Ares was a mythological Greek goddess. She was the goddess of discord, the goddess of chaos and confusion. You say, well, that's a bit, a bit of a reach. No, I don't think it is. I think that that's exactly what Satan is wanting to do again in the world, is bring chaos and confusion and discord, to bring sides, vaccinated, unvaccinated, to separate people. Oh, listen to me. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he has come that you might have life and that more abundantly. He is the way, the truth, and the life. His light penetrates the darkness and reveals, reveals truth that sets us free. It's through his light we determine truth from falsehood, reality from illusion. Can I say something to you this morning? It's time good church people stop chasing a word. I came to church to get a word. I left church without a word. It wasn't much of a service. It wasn't very anointed because I didn't get a word. Can I challenge you to stop seeking a word and begin seeking the word? Begin spending time with the word and allow Jesus to speak into your heart and into your life instead of searching out some man or woman who's going to speak something over you. And while I'm on the topic, you should be very careful about who you let speak into your life. I'm very careful. And if I don't know you, I mean know you, you're not going to speak into my life. If I don't know you and I haven't seen you live and know your walk with Christ, there is no way you will ever speak into my life. Because I don't want a voice of discord, a voice of deceit to be spoken into my life. Come on, folks, it's time to grow up, be mature, stop chasing a word, and begin chasing the word, Jesus Christ. And let him speak into your life, not once on Sunday, but every single day of your life. His life also shows us the way to live. He taught us to love our neighbors. He taught us to forgive those who wrong us. He taught us to seek justice, show mercy, walk humbly. He taught us the way to walk so that we would be a reflection of His light in a darkened world. But if we refuse to take the lesson and apply it into our life, then our relationship with Him is of little consequence to those around us. Of little consequence. His light serves as a compass for our life. Pointing us in the right direction. I used to say, his light is like a map. But nobody even knows how to read paper maps anymore. It's all in your smartphone, right? Pull up the GPS and that little voice talks you through it step by step. Well, that's okay. But I'm telling you, there is still a voice that will walk you through it step by step. And make sure you get to the right place at the right time in your life. And his name is Jesus. His light directs us, shows us how to live so that our lives become beneficial to those around us. Each one of us are created for a unique purpose. Each of us are designed as an instrument to be used in God's hand. Each one of us have an assignment 
from the Father in the kingdom of God. And if I don't pick up the mantle and fulfill my assignment, there is a void in that place. Listen, I'm telling you, God created you so that you could live for Him. You could be an instrument in His hand. You can be an influence to those around you. He wants to point you in the right direction so you can discover your purpose and your meaning in the kingdom of God. Do you know why we see so much gender dysphoria? Because the life is without purpose, without meaning. And we will never find that purpose just looking at ourselves. It only comes when He shows us the right way to live. He illuminates our paths. He reveals our steps. He shows us what we need to fulfill our calling, to function in our position, our assignment in the kingdom of God. And our assignment is not just to pay tithe and come to church once or twice a month. Our assignment is to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ, to be, to be involved in the ministry of reconciliation. Our assignment is to speak the word into hearts and lives that brings light in the places of darkness. The light of Christ also provides us with hope. We live in dark times. And there are times when we don't see a way out of the circumstances that we are in. And we need hope. Who the writer of Scripture says, hope is the anchor of our soul. When we face life's challenges, when we walk through life's trials, we need to know that we're going to walk through them. We need to know this will not last forever. We need to know this too shall pass because there is hope in Jesus Christ. There's reassurance in Him. There's comfort in Him. And His light reminds us, no matter how dark our circumstances, there's always a way out. No matter how hopeless it may seem, there's always a way out through Jesus Christ. That's why the psalmist wrote in Psalm 30, verse 5, Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I've come to tell someone today, it's your morning. It's time to stop crying and start rejoicing. It's time to recognize I have hope in Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk through this circumstance. Second thing I want to tell you is there is power in the light of Jesus Christ. There is power in His light. The, life of, the light of Christ is powerful, not just for physical illumination, but more importantly, for spiritual illumination. His light shines in our hearts to transform us and to change us. It's a power that transcends the natural world and reaches into the soul of every person pursuing Him. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul wrote it this way. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of His Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins. Oh, if you've been delivered from the power of darkness, can you shout amen? If you have been conveyed, moved into the kingdom of God through His Son, can you say, thank you, Jesus? That's His promise to you and I today. Jesus' light has the ability to change us from the inside out. 
See, religion focuses on the outside in. But Jesus focuses on the inside out. He wants to change us in a way that it becomes permanent, in a way that becomes eternal. And when He shines His light into our lives, it exposes our sins, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, and then gives us the power to overcome them. See, the light of Jesus never leaves us where we're at. I said this last week. I want to say it again. He welcomes all. He loves all. He receives all. But He will never leave you where you found Him. He will tell you, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He will give you a way up and the power out of the light that brings destruction. Oh, somebody, hallelujah. He is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. And His light doesn't bring condemnation. His light brings repentance. His light brings forgiveness. His light ultimately brings transformation into our lives. So much so that Jesus said, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but he'll walk in the light of life. The purpose his light brings into us, the power his light brings into us is to enable us to live that abundant life. John 10, 10, he said, I come to give you life and that more abundantly. Well, what is the abundant life? Does that mean a bigger house, a newer car, a fatter paycheck? A bigger bank account? No, hardly. It does not. That's your Western warped Christianity that tries to teach those things. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that an abundant life is a life that's in relationship with Jesus Christ. An abundant life is a life that's lived at peace with God the Father. An abundant life is a life that is overflowing with joy every single day because He is the source of that joy. An abundant life is a life that has purpose and significance, not just for today, but stretching into all of eternity. See, I believe that every man, woman, boy, and girl yearn for eternal significance. Yearn to leave a mark that stays after their passing. Every one of us were created for some type of greatness in the kingdom of God. Stop bemoaning what you don't have. Start rejoicing what you do have and see what God does in you. The promise that he gives us of eternal life, listen to me. It's not about the destination alone. It's about the journey. And this journey is one that we walk with enabling all those around us to see His light shine through us so they too can be attracted to Him and their lives changed. It's not just about getting to heaven. Although we all want to go to heaven, right? Because the alternative is pretty bad. As someone said, eternal life is all about location, location, location. Need to remember that. It's either heaven or hell. There is no in-between. We all want to go to heaven, but it's not just about getting to the destination. It's about walking with Jesus in the journey. It's about seeing his goodness and his faithfulness, his grace and his mercy. It's about rejoicing in the goodness of God every single day. Whether I have nothing or whether I have everything, he is my all in all. It's all about the journey and following him to that destination. 
It's about living a life that's guided by his light, a life that's marked by his love, a life that's filled with his grace and his mercy. Listen, this thing about the power of Jesus' light, it gives us the power to not live for me. It's not just about us. It's about living a life that isn't about what I can get, but what I can give. It's about living a life that is not just about getting my way, but more importantly, doing his will. See, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 25, whoever wants to save his life must lose it. And whoever loses their life for me will find it. I'm talking to people in this room and people on the broadcast this morning. You are one good decision away from having a completely different life. One good decision away from the shackles and the chains being broken off of you. One good decision away to rise above the consequences and the circumstances that have weighed you down. And that good decision is allowing the light of the world to shine into your life. Tom, would you come back, please? So my question to you is, are you ready to lose your life so that it might be saved? Are you ready to let go of your worldly passions and possessions to receive the eternal goodness of God? Are you ready to step out of the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of light? Are you ready to hear him say, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. You've been stumbling and wandering in darkness, convinced there's nothing more convinced that there is no way out but I've come to tell you this morning there is and it's through Jesus Christ he is the light of the world and may I offer you this as the light of the world he gives you a better way to live you're one good decision away from a completely transformed life stand your feet with me across this room this morning we're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray before we pray, I need to talk to believers in this room as well. Because you need to hear these words from Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, in the same way, in the same way, let your light show, shine before others, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, there's a lot of believers that live with a dampened light. They live not wanting their light to shine so brightly that someone might be convicted or feel condemned. It's time to pull the shade off, folks, and let the light shine. It's time to let the light of the world shine through you so that others can be changed. So my question to you believers is, who will you influence this week? Who will you allow the light of Jesus to shine and be reflected through you in such a way that their life is transformed and changed? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're in this room this morning, you're that one good decision away from your life being radically transformed and changed.
And today's the day to make that good decision. The Spirit of God has been talking to you all morning, convicting and convincing you of your sin, drawing you back to Him and asking you to let Him be your Lord and Savior. Welcome you into His family. I'm talking to you, that's you right now. Would you just step out from where you're at and come forward and meet me right here at this altar? That's you. You're one good decision away. And today you're going to make that good decision. Step out and come this morning. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. Secondly, you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I have covered my light. I've been timid. I've been afraid. I've been more concerned with what people think than what Jesus thinks. And this morning I am pulling the shade off. And I'm going to let his light to reflect through me in such a way that lives will be touched and changed around me. That's you. As Tom begins to sing, step out and come. And we're going to pray together right here this morning. That's you. Sing it out, Tom. Word of God, speak. You made it to the end of the message. And now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.